Are you ready, Dan? <laughs> All right, I'll hit the intro. <laughs> you didn't even turn the fuck. Put <laughs> <laughs> the lights on. The volume's not up. Oops. <laughs> go again. Now go. Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, 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 uh, Tim's closer to the controls today and he had to operate them just I am the setup in that we've got. control <laughs> That's why you could hear us clearly during the intro I just want to apologise for Tim I, I want to apologise for I Tim. enjoy being a part of the intro, Dan Dear listener, I'm sorry about him Look, whatever veil of professionalism you believe you live under, Dan <laughs> all right? Just throw that shit away, alright? Because we ain't pros <laughs> We are pros A pro gets paid to do this <laughs> Even if you're crap, if yeah. you get paid, you're a pro. That's right. It's fair. All right. Well, we're not, we're not pros. So we do what we want. Uh, this is the Two Drunk Accountants, if you haven't worked it out already. My name is Dan. My name is Tim, and I'm drinking red wine tonight. Yeah, I'm drinking a lovely drink bottle of water. Mm. Uh, if, if you're... Filtered. The first time you've ever listened to us, this is the podcast where we dispel some of the myths of running a small business and... Really just get to the nuts and bolts of some of the, the easy topics that um, you just may not have had ever explained to you before, uh, yep. or, or you're just interested in, or, or you just need a refresher. Exactly right. I mean, there's a lot of little questions that you just wish you could ask someone hmm. sometimes. Well, we're building up a database of all the answers to those <laughs> questions. We sure are. <laughs> uh, so, Tim, uh, what is the, the Tim, Tim and Dan Lowe? <laughs> Try and call us not professional now, Tim. Yeah, well, you're right. Exactly. That was pretty pro. Uh, so we, uh, Tim, how was your week? What have you been up to? Had a good week. Mm. Um, my Tim and Dan Lowe is actually uh, for the University of Technology mm-hmm. this week. Mm. So there's uh, someone in, at our office. Should I name him? I don't know. It could be risky naming him because I don't want them to like. Mm. Kick let's, him out of their university or anything. Let's just refer to him as like a sports brand so people don't get like... Let's call him Nike. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So, uh, let's just say Nike. Yeah. He had an assignment due this week. Yep. And he's got a lot of things happening in his life, you know. Mm-hmm. He just ran 100 kilometers the other week. Yep. Nike. Mm, and uh, Congratulations, Nike, for, for your running. Did you just... Say Nike then or Nike, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, he's got this assignment he's got to submit. Mm. Also has to work today, mm-hmm. and um, unfortunately, he was there too late yesterday or something like that mm. to submit it into the box because they want physical submission it's of the assignment. And this is the University of Technology. Technology. Yeah. What? What? Yeah, that's a. Uh it's an interesting one. So, he had to go to Sydney today to submit an assignment. What world are we living in right know. now, Dan? I don't know. When the University of Technology I'll is I'll tell you what, it. it's certainly not, Tim. It's certainly not 2019. 
that's not the year that we're living in at the moment. Uh, so, so that really got me down. Yeah, I can understand that. And that would have set your whole week up. My whole week up. Wow. No, it ruined the end of it. <laughs> this is why I'm drinking red wine. I'm like, there's just no point. There's no point continuing. There's no point anymore. So my week was roughly about the same. Didn't do too much other than work and a few other bits and pieces. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to a weekend spent, you know, doing house chores and relaxing. <laughs> Crocheting. No, no, I won't be crocheting, Tim. Dan's uh, dirty little crochet secret came out over the weekend. <laughs> We're all at his place and uh, there was this lovely uh, hand-knitted blankie. Mm. And Katrina, Dan's partner, was like, oh, Dan made this. Mm. And then uh, everyone was like, Dan, you, uh, you crochet? Mm. And I'm actually sitting here right now looking at Dan with his own hand-knitted scarf <laughs> around his neck. And I've got to say, it is really good. <laughs> Good so, on you, Dan. I, I, I just Nothing wanna, wrong with that. I want to clear. The, I want to clear a few things up with that statement because some of it was blatant lies, and <laughs> other parts of it was heavily defamatory. Ah, oh, defamatory. So, so I, I just want to say, first of all, yes, crocheting is one of my many skills. Does it define me? Is it? Is it who I am, Tim? No. Exactly. You pushed the wrong button <laughs> on your keyboard. You tried, you tried to set me up, and you messed it. It doesn't. I don't know what any of them do. I don't know what their sounds are. <laughs> it doesn't define me, but uh, it is a skill that I have. Uh, this is a consequence of growing up in a single mother household. Hmm. Um, okay. You know, you learn these things. Some people learn how to build stuff. I learned how to crochet a blanket. Now, the first playing the single parent. Yeah, card I am. I am. Right the, the the first uh, blatant lie you said there was that blanket on the ground. My granny knitted that. Okay. Well, okay. But that's nice. It was give, good. I didn't say it was bad. To give you credit. If you'd gone into another room, <laughs> there was one that I'd made. I know, I know there's one you've made. I definitely know there's one you've made. And yes, I did make this scarf. And I've made maybe four items in my life, including this scarf. And I'm, I'm quite proud of this scarf. Now, let me ask you. Mm. Did you say scuff or scarf? Scarf. <laughs> no, that wasn't my question. That was, that Sorry, was thanks, that Tim. Was, you've said your question now. Let's a, move on. A very quick thought before I ask you the okay, real question. Did, did the words... Mm. And the scarf goes with my pants come out of your mouth this morning. It even goes with my pants. Uh, uh, no, so Angie said that first. So she said, oh, oh and fault. it matches your pants. I said, yeah, I didn't realize that they, the scarf does go with my pants today. Thanks, Tim. You're right. God damn it. <laughs> Everybody cheer for like my successes. It was like a one in five <laughs> chance that it was a crickets. <laughs> All I wanted was cricket sounds. Uh, yeah, so let's move on. So, yeah, I, I'm, that is something that happened in my week, Tim. I finished my scarf and I'm wearing well it. Well done. So, That's a nice scarf. Um, if you, if it even you, goes with your pants. If you don't want to, um, if you don't like swear words, turn off now. So, fuck you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, nice one. I don't think I've heard you so blatantly swear <laughs> yet on this podcast. I'm sorry. I'll never bring up the crochet again. <laughs> I've obviously really, really... Let's move on to the business update. Upset you. Uh, so, the business update for me this week, uh, it's strongly looking like there's going to be an interest rate cut oh, by the RBA. That's a really good one. Yeah. Um, we're looking like interest rates are going to drop. A few of the banks, I've read an article today, have already said that um, they've already started slashing wow. some of their rates in preparation for wow. that. And mortgages, some of them could dip below 3%. Oh, my God. 3%. See... Not mine. I got a loan two years ago, mm. two and a half years ago, and that was when Trump got in, mm. and everyone was like, "Oh, interest rates are going up." Mm. 
lock them in they're because they're going up. Down. So I did. I, I, I locked it in. Mm. And now I'm really frustrated. And you've been locked in at what, like 4.5% or something? No, not 4.5%. It's mm. <coughs> 4.29. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody close. Um, this, no, no, I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> but it, and it's another interesting thing I, I read during the week was that um, even though all these things are coming out that the banks, uh, sorry, that the government might assist people getting a loan, your, more, uh, your deposit only needs to be 5%, you still need to meet the bank's hurdles to get that loan. Yeah. And one of their measurements is if you can repay that loan if the interest was 7%. Oh, wow. That's oh. the criteria. I was actually speaking to, to someone about this this yeah. week. And um, apparently, they're thinking about getting rid of that. Right. Like, that could not be a thing in about a week's time. Wow. That'll be a business update next week. Yeah. Um, and the, the person I was speaking to, they're a client, actually. Mm. They didn't really explain it very well to me. Mm. But um, they did mention the 7% thing. They're like, there's a 7% thing. And it could change in a week. And the broker mm. was telling me, um, if it does, then we'll be sweet. Yeah. Well, es- essentially, it's, it's, you have to be able to meet repayments if the loan was 7%. So when they're looking at your weekly income and expenses, they factor in a loan repayment at 7%, wow. not at your, in- which could be 3%. Yeah. <laughs> it's 4% different. Which I can understand why they're going to scrap it, um, but interest rates aren't going to stay there forever. They're going to no, go no, up. No, yeah. They're yeah. going to go up. Well, um, global financial crisis, they're around 7 8%. Yeah, exactly. Which is high for the amount of loan that people have these days. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it, it's going to go too high with the wage level and the exactly. loan level that we're at because people just simply there's, couldn't afford it. There's no inflationary pressure no. at the moment. Mm. And if there is, that's a really good thing because mm. people are earning more, Exactly. hopefully, mm. so that they can afford mm. that higher repayment. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the business update this week. Unless you had something, Tim, I, I think that's kind of the only one we got. No, um, I just want to say we are trying to line up a mortgage broker to yeah, come on the show. Exactly, we've we've got one lined up. We just need to arrange a just date. Need to liaise, mm. but it'd be good to get an update from them. Exactly, mm. uh, Tim. Do you have a tight ass tip? I do, Dan. Okay, I always have a tight ass tip. <laughs> Let's go for it. Then. Always throw it at me. Okay, warranty. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners at home really missed Tim's theatrics then. So just imagine he was facing a different way and then quickly looked at me, lifted his chin up and looked me right in the eye and said, warranty. This is why we need to video yeah. our podcasts. So warranty. Yeah, warranty. Um, just have it. It's, it's extremely important um, to know your warranty mm. for things that you're buying. Mm. Because, well, things break, you know? Um, that's why warranty exists. It is. And if you're buying expensive things, mm-hmm. like, let's just use an example, a food processor, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> then... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so, literally five minutes before we started recording this podcast, Tim, because oh, we're, we're at Tim's house at the moment, Tim walked around the corner from his kitchen holding the top of a food processor and said, look at this, we've got a new food processor today. No, uh, no further explanation to it, <laughs> just that he's got a new food processor. And now I understand why. <laughs> it's because the last one broke under warranty. Exactly and right. You've got the, and that's why you're so happy. Exactly right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> warranty generally... On anything, I don't know. 
there must be some sort of limit to this. But in mm. Australia, there's like a two-year warranty on mm. most things. Yeah. Even if the it's manufacturer's warranty is only one year. Yeah, it's a legal requirement. Yeah, and yeah it's like a consumer protection. Exactly. Mm. So, keep your receipts. And if something even looks like it's starting to break, mm. you need to get onto them. Mm. And that's the tight-ass tip. It's not, it's not like get warranty or pay for extra warranty or mm. anything like that. It's literally just use your warranty Cause th- that was gonna be aware of it. That was going to be my question. Um, are you an advocate of extended warranties? Um, I have mentioned this in the past. Um, certain shops have some warranties, mm. extended warranties that I don't mind getting mm. because it, you get your money back through other means. Yeah. Um, for example, good guys have the concierge warranty yep. and they give you a $20 voucher randomly three times a year. So yep. I get my money back that way on those and mm. I get the extra warranty. Yep. So I'm like, it's a win-win. Mm. I can almost guarantee this TV, for mm. example, is going to break within yeah. that five years. I can almost guarantee. Yep. And JB Hi-Fi, for example, they've got some pretty good extended warranties as well mm. because um, if it's something that's, not made anymore, mm. they will give you a uh, in-store credit to buy something else Yeah, right. for the value of what the item was, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, my opinion on extended warranties is generally it's a rip-off and that's where they make their money. Uh, but there are circumstances where they Maybe for someone like you, Dan, who doesn't follow up his warranties. Or someone like <laughs> me whose stuff doesn't <laughs> often break. Maybe. Uh, but yeah. like my car, for instance. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if I go keep going back to Hyundai yeah. and get the capped service pricing with them yeah. at the appropriate times, yeah, yeah. then the warranty gets extended every year up to oh, 10 years. Wow. That's awesome. So, I have warranty for 10 years on that car as long as I go back to them and get it serviced. Really? Which, and you've, you've already gotten something out of that, haven't you? Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the boot on yeah. a hot day would expand and when you <laughs> opened it, it would catch on the roof uh, just because it's a black car yeah. and I guess it just was built just shitty. plan on that. Um, yeah. So, they, they fixed it. They just replaced it for me. I think, I think warranty is valuable hmm. and if you're the type of person that likes to buy nice things, hmm. I think it's yeah. worth it yeah. because you know you'll be able to get a replacement for that item yeah. if something goes wrong. Nice, Tim. Well, so, uh, but the main thing, follow that warranty up. Do not let them yeah. off the hook. So, really, the tight ass tip is use your warranty. Yeah, it's use your warranty um, because they're going to make it really annoying for you. You're mm. going to have to wait in a phone queue and probably call them several times and know mm. your model number and get your receipt and all that. But it mm. is so worth it because they just send you a new one in the mail. I claimed warranty on some headphones I bought from Audi once. Oh, yeah. And they sent me the upper model back by accident. How good. So, I spent $20 on headphones and got $60 headphones but out of it. You could have just gone, ah, oh, they're broken. I'll just go buy another pair. Yeah. No. No. I claimed You called them and you went through the process and mm-hmm. you got a free pair of better headphones. Yeah. I think they, hadn't, I don't, I think they don't make the cheaper ones anymore. Mm. So, they gave me the better ones. How good's that? So good. Let's move on to our main topic. CGT. So, capital gains tax. So, this is the first of, I'm assuming, many episodes that we're going to be doing on capital gains tax. We've kind of waited a while to do this topic because it, it is a big topic. Mm. Um, not only are there many different instances that can give rise to a capital gain mm. event, yeah. they call them, 
Um, yeah. But there are also many concessions. There's different ways to calculate them. Yep. Uh, there are a lot of factors involved in capital gains tax. For sure. But today's episode is essentially the overview. Yeah. What is capital gains tax? Yeah. What is capital? What's a capital gain and how is it taxed? Yep. Uh, what a, just a quick overview of the, uh, some of the concessions you get. How are different entities taxed differently for capital yeah. gains? Uh, this is kind of the stuff we're going to briefly go over today and each one of those topics will get an in-depth episode in the future at some point. So capital gains tax, it's something that drives a lot of our clients barking crazy. <laughs> Is that a reference to your dog in the background? <laughs> yeah, can you hear the barking dog? Yeah. Anyway, um, it's definitely something that's really highly misunderstood. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's not an old tax. It's only been around since the 80s. Yeah. And a lot of people still, I, I guess, get wrapping their heads around it a little bit. Yeah. A, a common question I get is um, how much... like how much is my capital gains tax? How much tax am I paying on my capital gain? And what they're implying is there's some rate of tax that is applied against their gain mm. um, that is separate from your normal income tax, yeah. which is incorrect. So um, capital gains tax isn't really a separate tax. No, it's, it's not. Just, it's really just a capital gain income calculation. Here's a great example. Yeah. I had a, um, I did a, like a global business subject mm. damn those dogs are barking mm. my example was mm. I, I did that subject and the professor who um was running that subject yeah um we were in china actually we went to china yeah. and he he knew he found out that i was doing tax accounting mm. and he's like tim what is the capital gains tax rate <laughs> yeah <laughs> but just, it's a because, common misconception but this well, actually, the reason he asked me that was because we were at a Chinese university mm. and they have a percentage a rate. Percentage rate, yeah. I think. So, um, so yeah, it, that people think there's some sort of percentage that you pay on a capital gains yeah. tax. Which, but which in Australia is a, is a misconception. Yeah. Um, so, what actually happens, and this is regardless of your entity, the first calculation is not a rate applied against a gain. It's actually figuring out, figuring out what that gain is, then applying concessions, and then that amount that you're left with gets added on top of your income. And yeah. you just pay regular income tax at whatever marginal rate, if you're a personal tax return or the corporate tax rate, yep. if you're a company or, or another entity that required to pay that. Yep. Um, so you might be thinking, oh, that's kind of shit. Hmm. Well, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, whoever brought it in, you might want to say, they're a bit of a dog, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it the Dora tax. From <laughs> Dora tax. Um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely a bit of a slap in the face. If you've made a nice gain on something, hmm. you can lose a lot of that in tax because yeah. it all happens in that one year. Yeah. Um, the income comes in a single financial year. Yeah, which on top is, of all the other income you get, which, which is why these concessions are often applied. Yeah, uh, because it, you know if you'd added the unrealized gain every year of that as asset um, and then applied that to your income, you'd be paying less tax than you would if you applied the entire gain against your income in one year. Um, 
So, <laughs> <laughs> door is just dangerously close to the power, <laughs> the power cord. <laughs> uh, uh, so, let's let's start off with the basics of of what it is, because there are many events that can that can lead to a capital gain, and the most obvious one is you've bought an investment. That investment uh, increases in value over time, and then you sell that investment. Now, what you're left with is a gain. So, and the gain is typically the difference between the cost base, what you bought it for, yep. um, you know, and what you received at the end of it. Yeah. So, um, they're not taxing you on the full value of what you sell something for. No. So, let's say um, you sell a house for a million dollars you bought it for $999,000. Yeah. Well, you know, you're not paying tax on a million. No. You're paying tax on $1,000 in that instance. Correct. But um, but obviously, we know, just using properties as an example, recently, mm. there's a lot of people who've been ma- making several hundred thousand dollars of gains yeah. of on gains. their capital on their so, capital items. For instance, you know, if, if you bought a house 10 years ago on the Central Coast, it might have been worth 300000 Uh Right now, it might be worth 700000 Exactly. And you've got a gain then of $400,000. $400,000. Which, which you're going to have to pay tax on when you sell it. Imagine if you owned it by yourself, you might be, to own an investment property and your own home, you mm. might be a high, higher income earner. So, you might be earning hundred and fifty grand mm. in that year. Mm. Add on an extra four hundred mm. in one year. Mm. You're earning five hundred and fifty grand as taxable income it's, it's a that lot you need to pay tax on. It's a lot of income, and on that, you know, one hundred and fifty, maybe two hundred grand of tax to pay. Um, so it's it's <laughs> it's a big hit, uh, and big yeah, hit. you've made four hundred, but um, it's it's a pretty nasty feeling uh, mm. when you have to pay the tax man. <laughs> Dora loves you, Dan. She, but she doesn't like capital. <laughs> she does. <laughs> she doesn't. Maybe she likes capital gains tax. Or maybe she, <laughs> it could be because <laughs> because you called it Dora's tax. I feel like. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> We're gonna have to do something about this. <laughs> I can't continue this. <laughs> Dora, sit. She's jumping all, all over Dan. Drop. Roll over. <laughs> she actually I'll rolled stay. over. <sighs> stay. Dora. Dora, on your bed. On your bed. Good girl. I'm literally covered in slobber. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it could be a lot of money in one year that you're going to have to pay in tax. Um... So that's why there are many concessions that are available to you to reduce that amount of tax. But let's start off with just naming a few instances that can cause a capital gain. So I've mentioned yep. one. Um, you've bought an investment and then you sell it. So that could be you bought a rental property and mm-hmm. then you sold it. Yep. You've bought shares and then you've sold it. Uh, you've bought artwork or other collectibles and yeah. then you've sold it. So that's a tricky one, actually. Yeah. Um, anything that's over ten thousand dollars, yeah, um, could be considered a collectible. Yeah, so that means CGT item. Yeah, or any personal item worth ten thousand dollars, a boat. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, and you might think, holy crap! Yeah, I could have made a, a capital gain mm. on a whole bunch of things in the past, and I should have paid tax. But keep in mind, 
most things generally go down in value. Exactly. <laughs> and and there's also a lot of um there's a few exemptions. Like obviously your car isn't included in that. Yeah. Um, and who's making money on their car exactly. when they sell it? Your primary residence is not included yeah. in that. There's no capital gain on selling that's, the home awesome that you live one. in. Yeah. Um but then there's other things. Selling your business can lead to a capital gain. Yeah. Uh, restructuring a business can sometimes lead yeah. to a capital gain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of instances that can result in a gain that's been made. Yeah. Uh, we'll go through that in more detail in, in, in this series. Episodes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but quick overview of the concessions then. So mm-hmm. regardless of what event arose, you have a cost base, yeah. which is the price that you've purchased it for, mm-hmm. uh, plus a few other expenses that may have added to it over time. Yeah. So that there might be obviously you know you bought something for an amount and then you made improvements to it. Yeah. Um, um to buy that thing you incurred some costs. To cost legal costs. Legal you've costs. incurred yeah, you know, a bunch of costs. So these all these things add to cost Pest base. Inspections. Yeah. All these things can add to your cost base. Uh, and then you've sold it for an amount and that amount that you sell it can be reduced by the costs of selling. So that could be you know, uh, yeah. agent fees, agent fees, or brokerage. broker fees, or yeah. whatever. Um, but the result is either way, whatever event has led to it, you've you've got a gain or a loss. Mm. In this instance, we're going to go with gain. Um, mm. So you've got a gain. So what concessions can you apply to that generally mm. um, to reduce the amount of tax you have to pay? So the concessions they exist probably because of politics, essentially. Yeah. When when the capital gains tax was brought in, you can imagine wouldn't have been popular. No. No. Would not. Um, do you know if the concession was there immediately? No. I, I think... No, indexing. Yeah. Indexing. The first the first way that it was calculated was over time, your cost base would increase with, yep. say... Inflation. Inflation. Yep. So, re- which back in the 80s and 90s, sometimes that was quite high, like 10, yeah. 10%. <laughs> yeah. And every year there was a rate that you applied to the cost base and then over time... Um, you know, it would equal some value that would be equivalent to today's price instead of, yeah. you know, 1980s price. So that's that's quite fair. Yeah. Um, these days, um, well, it, it changed in the early 2000s, so it must have been John Howard, mm. um, that you didn't have to use that indexing rule. Mm-hmm. And instead, there was a, a, a 50% discount. Yeah, so this is called the, the general discount. Um, yep. and, and what that means is that you've got a gain of, let's say that you, you bought something for 200000 and then you've sold it for three hundred, yep. and you've got a $100,000 gain. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've owned that asset for more than 12 months, you immediately can discount that gain mm-hmm. by 50%. So yep. instead of paying tax on hundred grand of a gain, you're now only paying tax on Fifty grand, yeah, which is a huge difference. Massive, massive, massive difference. difference. And you know, if if you're you know if you're earning above one hundred and eighty grand, you know, it's essentially just half the tax. But if you're earning less than that, mm. your marginal tax rate drops. You might and say you're going to pay a lot yeah. of tax. So you might say, well, how's that any different to the indexing? Yeah. Well, after twelve months and one day, you can get a fifty percent discount. Exactly. Which is often the same as like ten years of indexing yeah. and, and increasing the cost base by. Um, the change in the value of the dollar 10 years ago mm. compared to today. So, so yeah. it, it was a pretty big thing. And and so politically, that would have won a lot of support from people. Mm. Um, specifically, people who are buying rental properties yes. and negative gearing them. Correct, correct. <laughs> which was also a change which probably came around at that time. Uh, at that time. So that's, that's the general discount. And this discount isn't available to everybody. 
So the first hurdle you have to jump is obviously you need to have owned that asset for 12 months or yep. more. Um, so that stops, you know, your daily traders from getting yeah. huge discounts on all their income. Yeah. So if you've owned something for 11 months, Keep hold it for, it for another month before you sell it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so this is available to individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get the immediate discount. Um, but if you're a company, you cannot get it. Mm. Uh, so, you know, if you make a gain in a partnership, that gets distributed to each of you and you yep. can use the 50% discount. Same with uh, the trust. Same with the trust. If you're a trust, um, you know, the gain gets distributed to you and you can use the discount. Superfund gets a discount. Superfund, their discount's different. It's, it's a third. Because of the reduced tax rate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but in a company... You don't get this discount. It's it's not an allowable concession. The company mm. pays tax on the full one hundred thousand, which is oh, it's pretty hectic. Actually, it does happen sometimes. You got to be just you got to be so careful putting yeah. investments or assets inside of a company. Yeah, that you could increase in value. And you <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you're ever going to sell them one day, yeah. God, you got to be careful because then you're going to get the bloody cash out of that thing. Exactly, as well. a, a company is not a good place to hold investments. Yeah, for that purpose. Yep. Um, so yeah but individually individually um, you get the general discount you get 50% the general discount. and um, that's quite a good concession yeah and Labor was talking about um, reducing that reducing that to 25% 25% so so instead of 100 grand you'd, you'd be paying tax on 75 grand yeah and instead of 50 which would be under the current rules um, I'm actually quite happy about that yeah anymore. I'm quite happy that didn't <laughs> reduce to 25 yeah uh, so the next concessions to really think about uh so you're probably thinking oh if i'm in a company and i've got a business and then that that company sells like i sell Mm. my business in that company why would i do that that's gonna cost me a fortune yeah um well there are small business concessions as well so the government have allowed there's four of them Mm -hmm. um concessions for small businesses to reduce your burden of capital gains and that it's basically targeted at people who um about to retire and have had this business and are selling it and you don't want to lose half like essentially building that business could be your retirement yeah that's your retirement well, it is yeah because you've yeah. likely not been paying your own super yeah and so um that's kind of the idea behind the small business um cgt concessions yeah which we're about to talk about so we'll go into much more detail of these in a future episode yeah. um but just basically there's the 15 year exemption so that's if you've had an active asset for 15 years or more and you're aged 55 and over and retiring permanently, there's a couple of conditions there. Yeah. Um, essentially, you can disregard the gain. Yeah. Um, there's the 50% active asset reduction. So that essentially replaces yeah. that 50% general yeah, discount it does. For, for most instances. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Yeah. And, and these, so all of these gains also work if you're an individual in business. Yeah, so, so you can access you can, both the general discount exactly. and the active asset discount. Exactly. Effectively so you, getting 75% off. So if you had a business that had a cost base of 200000 and you sold it for three hundred, but you've made a gain of 100 you could use your general discount, bring 50. it down to 50 and then use the active asset discount and bring that down to 25. Another 50. So, so 25. 25 yep. grand is what you're paying tax on. Yep. Um, there's the retirement exemption. So this is if you're selling a business... Um, for your retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're under 55 and you put the entire gain into a super fund, mm-hmm. uh, you can disregard the gain. Yep. Uh, it goes into your super fund. Um, 
you have to cash that. You have to put it into the super fund if yeah. you're under 55 and there's a limit up to 500,000. That can be the depressing thing for yeah. the person selling the business. Exactly. Like, oh. You don't see the cash hmm. until you retire. <laughs> Um, but if you're over 55, you don't have to. You can yeah. keep the money yeah. um, up to 500000 So that's that one. And then the last one is a rollover. And that's if, you're, if you've sold an active asset and then you buy another one. Yeah. So that can... You've got two years to use you that You've got two rollover. years that rollover. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What's pretty cool, and this is what we'll get into more detail in later mm. um, episodes, mm-hmm. is that you can actually combine a lot of these those yeah. concessions mm-hmm. in different ways to maximize um, your role your exemption from yeah. capital gains tax exactly um, so you might choose to do half of it one way another half of it the other yeah uh, so and then it, pay it, no tax it, that here's, at a, all. here's an example um, let's say you're extremely lucky and you've made a million dollar gain on selling a business brilliant, brilliant. right a million dollars it's in a company though mm. so you can't get that general Discount. Yeah. Um, it's also over the cap of $500,000. But mm. if you apply the active asset reduction, that million goes to 500000 Suddenly, mm. you can disregard the rest of the gain. Because you might be over 55 and have owned the business for 15 years? Or just, uh, just retiring? Just No, just uh, over 55 and you could just keep the cash, 500000 The issue would you'd be left with $500,000 worth of cash in a company that you'd need to pay out somehow, you'd pay tax on. But a lot of considerations. But um, but that's an example of getting rid of capital gain. A million dollars. A million dollars worth of gain. Just gone. Gone. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. What about losses, Dan? So losses are the other side of 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 this. This is something that um I get questions on quite regularly. Yeah. Um, I did a little bit of share trading Mm -hmm. recently. I made a few losses. Can I? Does that save me tax? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, a capital loss can be applied against only capital gains in the future. It can't be applied against your other income. Exactly. So, it's not like you can negative gear your shares <laughs> You know, it, no. it, it, in a way that you're making a loss from share trading um, and you apply that against your other income. No. Um, You've got to think loss, about yeah. You got to think about it this way, like before capital gains tax came in, mm. there was no such thing as capital income. Mm. It just didn't exist. Mm. So um, all all they had was ordinary income, yeah. which was just income from wages and and ordinary activities, I suppose. Mm. Um, so those are two different forms of income, yeah, and. Um, they don't affect each other in terms of if you make a loss yeah. from one to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, if you did make a an ordinary loss, mm. then that would that would actually work to yeah. reducing your capital gain yeah. because it just goes in the same bucket, but yeah. not not with the capital going back off against the ordinary income. Correct. So yeah, it's that's a tricky one. Yeah, and you do see a lot of tax returns. Um, with carried forward Carry- capital losses. Yeah, which is why it's important that if you go into a new accountant to give them your old tax returns yeah. because it has that figure in it that we roll over. It could save you um, a fair future. bit of capital gains tax. So if you've made some investments one year and you make a loss, uh, you can carry that forward every year. For a whole loss gets applied against mm. the whole gain. So yeah. if you've made, there's no reducing the loss. So if you made a loss of $100,000 um, and then next year you make a gain of $100,000, well, you write that loss off against that entire gain. Yep. You've now made nothing. Beautiful. Which is great. Um, obviously not great that you made such a big loss in the first place, but great that you don't have to pay tax on tax future services. gain. <laughs> so, uh. recapping. Uh, again, 
is when you've had an investment or an asset that has increased in value mm. and it what you sell it for is greater than what you bought it for. Yep. That is the gain, that is the capital income. Yeah. That income then has concessions applied against it, which if you're an individual partnership or a trust, you can use the 50% mm. general discount. And uh, then there's the small business concessions we spoke about. Uh, and then whatever income you're left with, that is what you pay tax at, at whatever your marginal income tax rate is. Mm. So if you've earned 80 grand from employment and you make a 50 grand capital gain after concessions, well, it's 80 plus your 50. Mm. You're at $130, 130 grand worth of income and you pay tax at that as yep. if you'd earned 130 grand from an employer. Yep. Um, if you'd made a loss, then you calculate what the loss is and you carry that forward to apply against future gains. And that's basically the summary so far. I just want to say as well, um, capital gains tax. Mm. You might be like, well, why capital? Yeah, right. <laughs> so to me, capital is um, something that's fixed in nature. Mm. Um, in terms of a business, it's what you initially inject into mm. the business to, to get it started. You inject mm. capital. Mm. Um, so it's sort of referring back to that asset nature of yeah. the tax. The, the fact that um, it's not a tax on on something that you're earning. On your income. It's not a tax on yeah. income or, or money that you're receiving for services or anything like that. It's literally... No. It's a return on capital. It's a return on capital. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. It's a, it's a return... On, it's a tax on a capital gain. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So that's... And you've just reminded me actually of, of one of the biggest concessions for small businesses. Mm. As long as the ownership doesn't change, you can restructure your business from one entity to another. Because yeah. you know one of the main advantages of having a company, which we spoke about, I think in our second episode, is that you do get this legal separation between yep. the business's assets and your assets. So if you're a sole trader and you restructure to a company, in effect, you're selling your business to that company mm. in return for shares. Mm -hmm. um, Usually that would be a gain. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um, but because you've built the business to a point exactly where it's worth something. Now. Yeah, and the ATO allow for restructures as long as the ownership remains the same before and after. And that's a small business. Small that's business. A small business a, thing. A small business thing. Um, and you know it makes a lot of sense. It's great that they allow for that because mm. it is really important. Not everyone can afford to get into a company or mm. has um, the knowledge of mm. what a company is or. Exactly. Um, even really thinks their business is going to get that far sometimes mm. when they're starting out. So um, it's nice to know that you can change to a company and not have to worry about paying tax as long as the ownership doesn't change. Exactly. Uh, it also reminds me of, of one quick thing, which we'll get into deeper in a further episode, but um, to, to make a gain, you don't actually need to have received money. If you've True. given True. away something, um, you can be forced to pay a capital gains on this mm -hmm. at the market value of that item. Yeah. So that's a really interesting one. And yeah. this is where it's really tricky. There's like 30 different types of 30. capital gain events. Exactly. And um, a lot of those aren't even related to selling something. Exactly. So we'll go into these in a future future episode, but just be aware of them. But at the moment, you should have a good understanding of what capital gains tax actually means and, and, and a rough idea of how it's, how it's calculated. Yeah, so it's not taxed based on a percentage. It's no. like Dan said, it just lumps on top of your income. Yeah, so. it's a way to work out what income you need to add to your other income. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. It's, it's pretty rough, really. Yeah. Um, you know, you could think of it as the dog tax. <laughs> the Dora tax. Rough. Don't attack me, Dora. Rough, rough. All right. <laughs> Tim, do you have another thing this week? I do, Dan. Mm. 
Um, City Calm Down. Okay. It's a band. I know. I'm aware of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I had my phone connected, I'd probably play one of their songs right now. But I'm going to see them tomorrow night. Mm. They're actually working on Go releasing a new album. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Where are they in Sydney. Uh, the Oxford Art Factory. Nice. So, if you're going, let me know and we'll sing along to give, some of their ballads. Give Tim a shout out. Um, yeah. Hashtag Tim at City Calm Down. Get that trending. Sure. I'm fine with that. Um, too drunk, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I can't wait. They're um, hopefully they play some of their older songs as well, not just the new album. Mm. That's essentially what they're doing. I'm probably they'll, they'll play most cheap. of the good album and then maybe a couple of yeah. the hits to make the crowd. Yeah, happy, true. I'd say I'm, I'm keen to hear the new stuff, but it was pretty cheap. It was like thirty bucks a ticket. That is cheap. How cheap is that? It's very cheap. Mm. What about you? Uh, my other thing this week is. Uh, I don't really have another thing this week. Really? Yeah, I can't think of anything. Surely. Nothing new has happened in the past week. You've... Uh, I had a birthday last week. You're not we reading anything. Already. Not listening to anything. I'm reading the same book yeah. that I was last week. Um, so, my other thing this week is <laughs> our listeners, actually. Ah. Because we're getting a lot of feedback at the moment. We're getting a lot of people oh. writing into us. And a quick shout out really to, good, to Stephen. Yeah, um, that he, email. He sent us a good email during the week. We haven't gotten back to you yet, Stephen, but we did read it and have a talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we... Um, oh, well, look, he's in a pretty shitty situation, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so, my heart goes out to him because that sucks. Yeah. And actually, it did make us um, think we're going to get a liquidator on the show. Yeah, we so are. That yeah. We can explain we what can, happens with people's entitlements and things. Yeah. Um, when you're owed <laughs> money by a business that goes bankrupt. Yeah. Thing. So, but, we, uh, we, it actually reminded me a little bit of the conversation we had about um, Palmer and about his mm. company, oh. how he refused to pay his employees entitlements. And there is actually a government fund that sometimes steps in and pays it. Yeah. So, those people don't miss out. And that might be worth something, might be worth looking up, Stephen. I don't know if it's available to everybody or to mm. you or, or what the situation is there, but um, mm. something to look at. But thanks for writing in anyway. We really, really had a good chat about the it other and, thing, and enjoyed it. The other thing I was going to say is um, if you're not satisfied with what the ATO are telling you, if you're calling them about this issue and they're just sort of fobbing you off. There's also the ombudsman. There's the ombudsman, but there's also a complaints line too. Yeah. Um, so if they're not giving you ample support... Mm. You should uh, make a complaint. Make a complaint. Mm. But yes, I just want to give a shout out to our listeners for engaging with us, for uh, telling their friends. If you could tell your friends, that'd be great. Uh, If you could rate, review and subscribe to the podcast, that would be even better. Yeah, Um, true. Because it helps other people find us. So if you could do us one favor this week is tell a friend that you're listening to our podcast and uh, get them to listen to it too. We would be stoked with that. And, you know, it also does give us more motivation and momentum to uh, take time out in our week to record a new episode. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, if you have a topic that you want to talk about. Definitely. So, so Stephen, you gave us a good idea about uh, going into liquidation. We're def- so, we're, we're going to get a liquidator on. We're definitely going to get a liquidator. I've already I've already been in touch with one. Nice. So, um, not, it, we could even have a liquidator on the, the podcast as early as next week. That's exciting. Mm. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, 
send us uh, some topics or a g'day or, or what you're thinking of the podcast to... Yeah, if you want a picture of Dan's crocheted uh, scarf, <laughs> send it to... Uh, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, too drunk pod at too drunk podcast on Twitter, too drunk accountants on Facebook. Uh, hashtag crochet for life. <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like you failed at the relay for life because you didn't do the marathon, but I feel like you could do a crochet for life. I could definitely I think do a you crochet, could crochet for, for 24 hours. So here's the thing most people that do it, Tim, are old grannies, and yeah. my hands are much more nimble than theirs. <laughs> I reckon I could double the rate. <laughs> How many scarves could you do in a day? I could definitely do at least one. One? Two. Jeez. I could do more than that. Sorry. It, it would take me about two hours to do this scarf. Oh, okay. So you, uh, could, you three could whip hours. out. Three hours. You could whip out seven or eight scarves. That's a long day. That's like 21 hours of knitting. <laughs> <laughs> My hands would be cramped. They would. Get blood, blood shot eyes. You need someone there to like give you a little massage. We know a good physio. <laughs> give you some hand massages. <laughs> Halfway through. <laughs> the relay. All right, we're getting too into this. All right, everybody, thank you for listening, and we will see you all next week. Have a good weekend. Calculator. Calculator.